Tavis Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. As I said moments ago, it, uh, it's, a, it's a self-help day here on the Tavis Smiley Show. Uh, in our next hour, we'll be talking about how you can uh, find purpose and meaning in your work, build a successful career, a meaningful career, navigate transition, transitions, that is, and uh, balance your work and your personal life. That's all in our next hour, in this hour. On this self-help day, have you ever found yourself struggling to maintain successful relationships, whether it be with your partner, family, friends, colleagues? Well, if you have, you're not alone. Uh, The quality of our relationships impacts just about everything that ultimately truly matters uh, most in life. Yet oftentimes we lack the skills and knowledge, it seems, to build and maintain successful relationships. In this hour, we'll discuss the four Fundamental Habits of All Successful Relationships with Dr. Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings, a husband and wife team who are entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, and the authors of the book, The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships, Improving Your Relationships at Home, at Work, and in Life. I am pleased to have both of them on this program right about now. Andrea, how are you today? I am amazing. Really delighted to be here. Lovely to meet you, Tavis. The pleasure is on. I'm here too, Tavis, in the background, but both of us here. (laughs) Great to be on with you today talking about self-help day, as you say. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have you on as well, Jonathan. Thank you both for your time. And uh, may I call you Andrea and uh, Jonathan for this conversation? Please do. Absolutely. All right. Um, Let's uh, let's jump right in. I I think I want to start um, at, um, uh, at an unlikely place, and that is... Uh, what most of us get wrong, get wrong uh, about building successful and healthy relationships, Andrea? That's a really good question. I think the short answer, of course, we have lots more to unpack as we talk, but the short answer is we think everybody is in our heads and we have expectations of the other based on the way we think, the way we prefer things, the assumptions we make about how to do life. And when those expectations aren't shared, you break trust and cause lots of problems. That's one of the key reasons why we have problems in relationships. And the other one is that we never learn anywhere on purpose how to do relationships well. Mm. I, 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 would, yeah, I would start that differently. I would say um, building on that. For us, <laughs> when, we, when we first set up in business, that's when we first started having our challenges in relationships. And a big part of the reason was we, well, I certainly assumed that Andrew thought the way I do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us do that. We, 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 we all have our little things going on in our heads and we think everybody else shares those thoughts. For me, I, I was at the time, I was a, what you might have called back then, an, uh, some might have said an arrogant investment banker. I, I wouldn't call myself <laughs> that, of course, but some might have said that. But I, I, I knew how to do everything right. And as far as I was concerned, Andrew had some funny ideas on how to do things. I'm like, what's she doing? This is the way we do things around here. Mm. Especially when we set up a business together, you can see how that didn't work so well. Mm. So unless you have a bit more understanding of how you're coming across and actually recognizing that people think differently to the way you think. And actually, you, we, who, who gave you or who gave me the authority to be the right one every time? Mm. It doesn't quite work like that. Yeah, uh, It might work in that one particular situation, but in relationships for long-term success, 
that kind of approach just doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you say when you say uh, Andrea that um, sadly uh, and regrettably, uh, but 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 truthfully, we aren't taught uh, properly how to navigate relationships. It, that 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 comment struck me because as I said earlier, and this is the work that you two do, so you know this better than anybody. Um, you know, re- yeah. maintaining and building healthy relationships are at the center of everything that really matters most to us in our lives. And for something that has that much weight, that much importance, the fact that we never that we never learn, never taught how to do it properly strikes me as interesting. So wh- why is it that we're never taught how to do something uh, properly that is so central to the lives we live and the legacies that we leave? That's such a great question. And, and that really summarizes the mission that John and I are on because It's as if there is this assumption that getting together in a relationship, having uh, feelings of attraction at one level or just being born into a family or into, you know, relationships around you that automatically will know how to turn up well and have great conversations. And we don't. And the challenge that we had, you know, we, we met at business school. We have professional careers. John's from banking. I was in consulting. We've done personality profiles. And when we, in our second year of marriage, decided to start a business together, it's as if we didn't know each other at all uh, in a a work setting. And with all that we had going for us in terms of education and training and our Christian faith and everything that we had learned, we still didn't have the tools. And when we came across material that really helped us unblock the challenges that we were having in respecting each other, respecting our strengths, giving space for us to be different, to think differently and so on, to do conflict better. We thought if it was a struggle for us with all that we had going for us, who could we share this with to make a difference so that they can get over the inevitable hurdles that all relationships will face? Yeah. And, and that's become our mission. Yeah, and I, and I sense to, to your question directly, Tavis, I think there is a um, a sense that relationships are a bit personal. We don't really want to get involved in that. You know, people have relationships. Let's just let's just let them be and see how that <laughs> see how they pan out. And actually, if you look at the statistics, how's that working out for us? Not very well at all. Yeah. The, the approach we take is we say, look, all relationships. Are, by, by this stage in the game, we work with thousands of relationships, and every single one that we've worked with. That's why that's why we call the uh, wrote the book and give it that title and did the TEDx talk with the same title. We recognize that all relationships go over a similar set of hurdles. And if you're not equipped to get over those hurdles, you're going to have problems or you're going to have challenges on that journey. We, we, I like to think of a, um, a sprinter on a, on a, a hurdler on a, on a sprint track. And I say, look, when, when they go down into the blocks and they, you know, the gun goes and they, they look up and they head down the track, they can see the hurdles in front of them. And they, if they're well prepared, they get over hurdle one, two, three, four, five, however many it is, they cross the finish line and, you know, way arms in the air celebrating. In relationship land, it is exactly the same. Mm. The problem is you can't see those hurdles. But as you and I both know, and everybody else who has been in a relationship knows those hurdles are there. And once you start hitting one, two, three, four, five, at some point people just say, you know what, I'm done with this. I, I, I don't know how to get over these hurdles. I'm out of here. Too I'll painful. go find another track and maybe there won't be any hurdles there. And actually, <laughs> there will be. But nobody's teaching us how to get over those hurdles. And so our mission really is on equipping people with those habits or with skills, behaviors, to actually get over those hurdles uh, as smoothly as possible 
uh, and get to that finish line, you know, with, with, with a fair, fair shot. I'm glad yeah. you're both here, uh, and I'm glad we have an hour to unpack this. There's a lot to talk about, and it's going to be a fun <laughs> hour. Uh, and I think we're going to help some people today uh, in both hours of uh, our program today, these, these second and third hours. Uh, their names are uh, Andrea and Jonathan uh, Taylor Cummings. Uh, their book is The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships, Improving Your Relationships at Home, at Work, and in Life. I look forward to the rest of this hour on KBLA Talk 1580. It does indeed with Dr. Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings, authors of the book, Husband and Wife Couple, uh, authors of the text, The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships, Improving Your Relationships at Home, at Work, and in Life. Before we jump into these four habits, uh, uh, Andrea, I wonder... Um, how it is that the research that you have done, uh, the work and witness that you and Jonathan have engaged for many, many years now, how it is that the advice that we're now about to hear applies to all relationships, no matter what kind? Thanks, uh, Tabitha. That's a really good question. You know, we had this awesome opportunity in 2019 to do a TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we had about 20, 25 years of experience talking with couples and corporate professionals and families. And we had to distill 25 years of experience and research into 15 minutes. That mm -hmm. really forces you to focus the mind. So we thought about in all the relationships that we come across, what, what were the constants? What were the things that were always present? What were the, the things that helped people unblock when they were having challenges? What was working in relationships that worked and what was missing in relationships that had problems? And that helped us distill everything we've been talking about for the better part of three decades into these four fundamental habits that applied to all the relationships that we'd come across and helped every single one of those that, you know, got over hurdles to move on. It helped them to succeed. Wonderful. And, and I was going to say, building, if I, if, I, if I may, just for a second, mm -hmm. we love working, all the, all the work that we do, so whether we're working with corporates and workshops or whether we're working with uh, individuals through our online course, the feedback that we get, we love, we love seeing the light bulbs go on mm. when people will be in a corporate workshop and we're talking about workplace relationships and some of the people will say to us, hey, hang on. I can use that with my wife or with my partner or with my kids or what have you. So <laughs> fundamentally, these are, these are skills that people develop to, to influence how you come across and, you know, interact with the people around you. Um, you then need to uh, exercise your own filtering as to whether it's a work relationship or a home relationship or with your, your friends on the football field or wherever it happens to be. But these are fundamental skills that improve the way that you come across with the people around you. And as we unpack the habits, uh, Tavish, you'll, you'll hear that, you know, people are people in whatever setting they are. We're all fundamentally <clears throat> the same, needing to respect our differences and know how to do conflict well and understand when we're coming in with assumptions, you know, the principles apply because we're all people. Mm. I'm glad you said that. Uh, and I want to jump into straight away into these four things. Let me say two things first. First, the question, one one the question and then uh, then a comment. Um, uh, Andrea, you and uh, you and Jonathan, of course, have done work uh, around the globe. You've, you've done this work uh, in the UK uh, where you're joining us live from right now. Uh, first of all, you hear, you hear that accent. Uh, those listening here, you, you hear the accent, number one. Uh, uh, number two, they are on the line joining us live from London. So the, we are we are pleased to have them uh, uh, 
live from London uh, as we conduct this conversation, uh, number one, uh, or number two, I should say. But you, you guys have worked in, in Jamaica. You've worked in the U.K. You've worked in the U.S. You've worked in Japan. You've worked in Korea, all around the, uh, around the globe. So my question is whether or not, to your point, uh, Andrew, we are all people. But these successful habits work for people no matter their race, ethnicity, background, culture, national, na- nationality. You're confident these work across the board. 100% because we're, we're teaching principles that allow you to anticipate that people might be coming to a conversation with you or to a relationship with you from a different set of lived experiences or assumptions. So it's creating a lot more self-awareness and a lot more other awareness so that you can turn up better and have a better conversation, whoever is in front of you. And one of the things that just confirmed and anchored that the four habits that we talk about apply all the way around the world is that when we did a TEDx talk, a good friend of ours said, a good talk will get between three and 5,000 views. So we were aiming for 5,000 views. (laughs) And we're delighted. You know, it's a great ego stroke, but it just confirms that this applies to everybody when we tell you that two weeks ago we crossed 3 million views and it continues to climb Mm. and the comments against the the, the TEDx uh, talk people from all the way around the world are just sharing how impactful they are, the difference it can make, how they've started applying it. Of course we'll talk about the habits, just knowing it intellectually won't change your behaviours in the moment and that's what we do through the book and through the workshop. Just one more little funny anecdote to add there as we we sometimes we, we look on YouTube and we do a little search for the four habits and sometimes we see our own videos that we've done. People have clipped them and they've put subtitles mm-hmm. on them and they've put them in different languages or like, yeah, yeah, well, who did all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the habits are resonating all, all over the place and the comments really just keep, keep encouraging us that actually this is giving people a practical way to do things where they just weren't equipped before. Yeah. No, it is a it is a it is a powerful TEDx talk, and uh, those numbers are, are are in fact real. Uh, and so, if you want to 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 view uh, their TEDx talk, just go online. It's easy to find uh, to view their TEDx talk. And the book, once again, is called "The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships: Improving Your Relationship at Home, at Work, and in Life." You'll be happy to know, Andrew and Jonathan, we have a very smart audience, an audience of readers. Uh, and uh, okay. I'm, I'm sure that they'll uh, they'll want to uh, get the get the book as well. So in the time we have left between now and the top of the hour, we got another you know, 38 minutes or so. Let's uh, at least top line. You, you can never do justice to a, a book this good uh, in that short amount of time, but at least we can spend some time now top lining what these four habits of all successful relationships are. And I will leave it to you. to. Uh, I'll, I'll follow you. You tell me where you want to start, and we'll work through all four between now and the top of the hour. So take it away, Andrea and Jonathan. Wonderful. I, I think the best place to start is to give you the, the context for yeah. why, how to apply the four habits. And it's a concept that we like to talk about that's called the emotional bank account. I'm sure some of your listeners would have heard about this maybe in the book that Stephen Covey did, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But it's the way you apply it to relationships and manage the moment when you're interacting with people that make a difference and give the context for the four habits to come alive. So 
John yeah. will take us through emotional bank accounts and then I'll do habit one and then we'll just yeah. take it from there. Well, what, what I love, Tavis, is the... Thanks, thanks, Alandra. Great uh, tee up. I, I love the, the session that you've called us. I hadn't realized when we came on the show it was going to be self-help day and the focus on that. I hadn't clocked that. But it's perfect for what we're talking about because really what we all need to do is take responsibility for recognizing how we're coming across. We're, we're already coming across to the people around us. We don't, we don't live on an island. They say no man is an island, no woman is an island, but we're all, they're all people around us. And quite often we don't recognize how we're landing in people's emotional bank accounts. Mm. We love this concept that Andrew said that uh, Stephen Covey is the first person we've seen who spoke about it. Oh, actually, no, it goes back before. It goes to the 19th. Ivan Bozomeninagy, I forgot. He, he first gave, but, but Covey popularized it in his book although people don't seem to have picked up on it as much. But in just very quick terms, all it is is we all have these things called emotional bank accounts with the people around us. The moment you meet somebody for the first time, you set one up. Of course, subconsciously, you don't do it you know, consciously, but subconsciously you do. And from that moment on, every interaction you have with that person is either a deposit or a withdrawal. If it lands well with the person, it's a deposit, it's a cha-ching into the account, it feels good, it's like, yeah, yeah, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. If it lands badly... It's a withdrawal. It's a it's it's sucking the life out of the relationship. Mm. And the be- the beautiful thing about understanding these emotional bank accounts is that is that at any point in time, you can kind of check in with the relationship, and based on where the balance is in the account, will tell you how the relationship feels. So if the if the balance is in positive territory, that relationship will feel good. It might even feel great. You know, everything works. You know, if if you say the wrong thing, the other person says, "Hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, no, no biggie. That's fine. We, we we can let that one slip." If you drop, if the emotional bank account drops to either to zero or into negative territory, you say those same things, and you're going to get a very different response now. Now you get a, "Hey, what do you say that for?" You know, you know, everything becomes everything an is scratchy. Yeah. Everything can become an argument. So if ever you're getting that kind of a response. Note to self, you should be checking in and just saying, actually, whoa, 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 stop here. This Mm. is to yourself. Our emotional bank account is not in a good place here. There's something we need to do about this. So what you then need to do is uh, recognize what are some of the things that you've been doing that have been landing badly. Uh, So, of course, I'll have an emotional bank account for you and you'll have one for me. We're we're complicated. We're sophisticated human beings. We can manage these things. So if, if, if you're getting negative feedback from somebody, you might still have a positive emotional bank account towards them. But you're, what, what's happening there with the negative feedback is it's telling you their emotional bank account is not in a good place. Mm. So you need to recognize that there are things that you're doing that are landing badly with the person and stop doing what those things are or minimize doing them. And actually then think what or, or identify what could I be doing that will help me make deposits to get that emotional bank account back into positive territory. Because if you can get and keep that emotional bank account in positive territory, you've now got a fighting chance of having a, a decent uh, relationship, the kind of relationship that you want to have. Mm. So what you need to do is stop making those withdrawals and start making deposits. And as it turns out, the four habits that we talk about, habits one and two, help you minimize those unintentional withdrawals that you were making. Because, of course, we're not trying to wreck the relationships around us, but we're just <laughs> doing things that aren't working so well. So stop doing those, habits one and two. And with habits three and four, uh, we then show you how to, on purpose, make those deposits to, to get your emotional bank account back into positive territory. So, so that's the context, how we frame the four habits and how and why they make a difference. Um, and then let's jump into habit number one. That, and uh, Tavis, one of the great things with just understanding the emotional bank account, suddenly the light bulb goes on in people's minds and they say, okay, I can now understand what's been going on 
and I can be intentional mm. about managing the, 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 the warmth and, and connection in the relationship. Most of us tend to think about what we need to stop doing, but very few of us think about what we can be doing regularly, consistently, yeah. and on purpose to create a really warm, loving, caring relationship, the kind that we all want, but aren't working actively to create. So, so stopping doing the bad things is, is great. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. If you leave it there and you leave the relationship in negative territory, well, guess what? It, it ain't going to get itself back up. Yeah. And actually then the things can start to spiral out of control very quickly. So your job has to be, how do I make deposits on purpose to get that back into positive territory? What do I need to do? What do I need to sacrifice? What do I need to do? Yeah, taking responsibility, self-help day, it's perfect. What do I need to do to help this relationship? What can I do? You can't rely on the other person having to do it. But what can I do? You can't change. You can't, you know, change other people. You can only change yourself. What can I do to to stop doing what I'm doing? The bad things, yeah, great. But also, what can I do? What are the good things that I could do here to make those deposits to get that balance back into positive territory? Yes. So, Tam, how do you want to do it? Because we could talk for England. No, no, no. <laughs> let, let me, I, I, I was about to cut in to say uh, I, I love the way you set this up. We now understand uh, conceptually how you have uh, written the text. Uh, I love uh, Jonathan's presentation of the emotional bank account. We get it now. Uh, and it's going to make a lot more sense as we move through the second half of this hour and, and, and start to unpack these four habits of all successful relationships. Uh, I've got about 45 seconds now before news, traffic, and sports. So let me just tell you where we're going to go on the other side. And when we come back, we'll get straight away uh, on the back half of this hour into these four habits. Our guests, in case you've just tuned in, uh, are joining us live from London. Uh, and uh, their names are Dr. Andrea and her husband, Jonathan Taylor Cummings. Uh, they are a husband uh, and wife team, as I said, of entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, and authors of the best-selling text, The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships, Improving Your Relationships at Home, at Work, and in Life. So we've set the, we've set the floor, uh, the foundation, as it were, with these emotional bank accounts, and now we'll know uh, a bit better how to, to navigate, again, the back half of this hour. When we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, we'll get straightway into these four habits of all successful relationships with our guest in this hour, Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings, you're listening, and we're glad about it, to KBLA Talk 1580. A bit of breaking news here about uh, one of our hometown heroes in L.A. Before we get back to our conversation with uh, Andrea Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings, authors of the book, The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships. Uh, Magic Johnson uh, is, uh, Irvin Magic Johnson, is part of the group led by Josh Harris, that put a bid in to buy the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington Redskins. Uh, the Washington Commanders, owned by Daniel Snyder, as you probably know, you sports fans have been up for sale for quite a while now. Uh, they've been uh, navigating through um, a decision. Uh, word came late last night that Jeff Bezos had pulled out of uh, the uh, the process, uh, the pack rather, to, to buy the team. So Jeff Bezos pulled out late last night, we were told. And uh, just announced, breaking news from the New York Times, Dan Snyder, uh, the owner of the Washington Commanders, has agreed to sell the team for a record $6 billion. The Denver Broncos sold uh, most recently for $4.65 billion. Uh, so another record set, the Washington Commanders um, uh, owner, Daniel Snyder, we are told by the New York Times, has agreed to sell the team for $6 billion. 
to Josh Harris, who's the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and New Jersey Devils, and apparently soon the Washington Commanders. Magic Johnson is a part of Harris's ownership group uh, who made the bid uh, to buy the Washington Commanders. So more on this story, I'm sure, uh, throughout the day. But uh, again, breaking news, the Washington Commanders finally are going to be sold by Dan Snyder uh, to the group led by Josh Harris, of which Irvin Magic Johnson is a partner or a piece. Uh, and so uh, the uh, Washington Commanders will have a new ownership team. There you have it. Uh, more, I'm sure, as the story develops. Now, back to our conversation, uh, just getting to the sweet spot here uh, with these four habits of all successful relationships. Watching our clock, Andrea, Jonathan, take it away. Thank you, Tavis. So we're going to start with habit one, which is be curious, not critical. And there's a story behind this one, because this is a habit that we tripped over a lot in the early days of marriage. And just to put that in context, next Monday, we celebrate our 30th uh, anniversary. Yeah. Woo-hoo! So, uh, we've Congratulations. Been, we've been practicing what we preach. So thank you. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Habit one, be curious, not critical, is all about learning to understand and value difference and to treasure hunt for the strength that those differences bring. Uh, When we just started out in business, we didn't recognize each other's strengths and we spent a lot of time criticizing each other and trying to change one to be like the other. So, for example, John's superpower, as we like to call strength, his one of his superpowers actually is around attention to detail. He is brilliant at sticking through to things, working them, <clears throat> pardon me, to the nth degree. He can anticipate what's going to be needed. The attention to detail is just something that comes naturally to him. Not for me at all. I'm very much more big picture. Once we've figured out the strategy, what we need to do and how we're going to get it done, I'm really not interested. Going through the detail is like putting me in a straight jacket. <laughs> and we spent a lot of <laughs> we spent a lot of time in the early days criticizing each other. So he would think I am seeing what he is seeing and just being lazy or yep. sloppy. And uh, I'm using polite words here. That's not quite <laughs> how we communicated it then. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would think he was just being nitpicking and and you know just fussing over stuff unnecessarily. And we needed to learn to give each other space and grace to flourish in our strengths, to Mm -hmm. recognize that there are strengths and to recognize that with every strength, there's a blind spot. But, you know, somebody said, when you're close enough to somebody to realize their blind spots, their weaknesses, you should cover for them, not expose them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we needed to learn to do. We had to learn to really respect and value each other's strengths, give us space and grace to be different, and use the strengths that we had to cover for the other. And we realized it was frustrating because we were so, we were diametric opposites in our strengths in a work context. But when we got it together, that's where we got really powerful teamwork. Mm. And so be curious, not critical, habit number one. Uh, You can unpack that in a couple's context, giving each other space and grace without criticizing everything and expecting them to be like you Uh, in terms of how tidy you are or how attention to detail and organized you are. So many things you could talk about in a home context, but it's also relevant in 
a diversity and inclusion context, different mm. lived experiences mm. and backgrounds. And, you know, so the fundamental principle of be curious, not critical, applies in every walk of life. And, and that's habit one. Yeah. We, we started the conversation, Tavis, by me saying uh, my back in my former slightly arrogant <laughs> investment banking days, when I could see... I could see what I was doing, which I thought was right, and I could see that I was, well, in my mind, I was right and everybody else was wrong around me, and I had to really uh, recognize how I was coming across and how I was communicating that, um, especially when, when I did have some brilliant ideas, and yeah, sure, that you know, even Andrew would agree some of the ideas were great, but it's the execution of those ideas that really became a problem, uh, because I assumed everybody else had the same way of thinking and the way of doing things that I did, and that's just not reality. And actually, what I couldn't do is I couldn't see... Andrea's strengths. I, I could see my strengths. I couldn't see my own weaknesses mm. uh, until I until I started to see her strengths and realized, hey, she's bringing something to the party that I don't have. That's when things that that's when things started getting you know yeah. coming alive for us. But if, to realize actually, this is this is teamwork here. We're all bringing things to the party here, which can all benefit. Um, and, and we learned that <clears throat> what we could do we could do great things individually, but yeah. when we worked together as a team, it was second to none. Yeah, I love really it. really took. At that point, I love and it. That, if you don't, go on. No, great, great, Jonathan. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and if you don't get that bit right, that's when you really need habit number two. So habit number two is be careful not crushing, and that really comes alive in a conflict situation, because in a conflict situation, most of us tend to do the selfish thing. We do we do what works for us. Um, it's like you know the, the pressure is on. Um, I don't know where this is going. I'm just going to do what what works for me. Um, and that uh, doesn't really work well for long-term relationships. In the moment, it feels good for you because you do the selfish thing and it works for you, but for the relationship long-term, it doesn't really help. Um, we, we tend to be crushing in our approach to relationships, and, and they're, they're typically, I mean, um, if you look at the different uh, responses, even psychologists, psychotherapists will tell you, there are typically four kind of responses that people have in a conflict situation. Mm -hmm. They're those people who generally uh, look to win. Every argument they're, they're in, they just want to win the argument. And that might feel good for you in the moment, but if you think about it, how does it feel for the person on the, on the receiving end of that if you're winning all the time? Where does that leave them? They're, they're kind of losing, right? Mm -hmm. And if somebody's losing every single time, they don't want to be in that relationship long term. They, they don't want to stick around. So you need to recognize that if that's you and that's you're one of the people who wants to win, every now and again, you've just got to let the other person win. You know, I'm not saying given on, you know, you, you've got to rec you think about, choose your battles. Think what's important, what isn't important. Um, and you know, if it, if it is something where you can let them win, that's fine. So that that that's one that's one way that people have tend to have, but um, to treat to, to, to treat yeah. and be selfish. And I, and, there are other people and you get can, out of the situation. And you can and, and you can do that though. Uh, you can do that, uh, which is to let other people win every now and then without necessarily having to um, uh, to abandon the immutable principles by which you live your life. Yes. Hundred percent. Exactly. Oh, hundred percent. So it's about identifying what's important to you. And then saying, okay, now this is important. Let me choose my battles around that. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, we have uh, teenage children now. Actually, one of them is... is uh, oh, it's 21 in 21 in three days' time. So yeah, beyond teenagers now. <laughs> um, and going through the, the, the formative um, years of, of teen years, um, I realized that things started getting very, very scratchy. And may, maybe for me, maybe it's a personal thing for me, or I think there are other people like me as well out there. For me, disrespect was a real big trigger. 
And I found every time, you know, teenagers, sometimes things they would say things that might come across as disrespectful, disrespectful, that would trigger me. I would end up being, you know, the relationship got very scratchy mm-hmm. with, with our, our elders. Um, and what I had to realize was, actually, you know what? What I want here is I want the big picture is I want a successful long-term relationship. I want my kids to want to come home. You know, when, they, when they've left, they've flown the lesson, they've gone. I don't want them to have to come home just because they want to just check up on me or they feel like guilt or, you know, they're coming for a handout even or something like that. I want them to want to come home. So I realized I had to invest in that relationship early and choose my battles and not let everything become a problem. So when conflict situations did arise, I had to learn how to to handle those things carefully and actually say, what's a win-win solution here? That's with all these four selfish uh, ways that we handle conflict, we've only looked at one or two so far, but you have to realize that there is a a win-win solution. That's what, that's what you have to hunt for. Yeah. That's what we train people I, to hunt for. What does that look like where the relationship comes out on top? Yeah, I love I love the language of the Brits. Uh, scratchy. I, that word I have never heard <laughs> used in that particular context, but I, I'm going to take that the rest of the day. I'm sure there are others listening right now who will also use that word. The relationship got a little scratchy. There's, there's a great line for you, Miles, in one of your raps, man. The relationship got a little scratchy. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Love the language of the Brits. We'll get back to these two Brits in a moment. Uh, Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings are our guests in this hour. Uh, their book is called The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships, Improving Your Relationships at Home, at Work, and in Life. We've covered the first two, Be Curious, Not Critical. Number two, Be Careful, Not Crushing. Two more to go in the moments that we have left when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15. Habits of All Successful Relationships with Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings. Number one, Be Curious, Not Critical. Number two, Be Careful, Not Crushing. Number three. And here we go with number three. So number three is ask, don't assume. And this is a really, you know, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about conflict, uh, Tavis, you said, uh, what about those immutable values by, that we live by? That's what habit three is about. How do we get better at talking about the things that are, the people and things who are really important to us, the values, the beliefs, the assumptions that we hold, have courageous conversations around them so that we get on the same page. Quite often, our assumptions, our beliefs, our values cause us to put expectations on other people in a way that those assumptions are not shared. And when assumptions are not shared, trust is broken. So habit three, ask, don't assume, is about developing the skills and the courage to have conversations that we tend to sweep under the carpet, bring them out into the open, talk about things that really matter to us so that we can build trust and respect in the relationship. If you think about one of the big challenges in couple relationships is money. Quite Mm -hmm. often you have one person who is a natural saver, one's a natural spender. Both of them could be core values. You know, the natural saver will say you can't spend everything. You must save money for a rainy day. The natural spender core value might be you can't take it with you, so let's use it to create memories. Both are right. Neither is more right than the other. But if you're coming at uh, financial management from very different assumptions about the right thing to do, you can end up breaking trust, breaking, uh, making people feel hurt and disrespected, and not talking about these deep-seated issues. So habit three is so big. We have four chapters in the book dedicated to (laughs) habits. I'll have to direct people to look at that, you know, healthy boundaries and balance and courageous conversations and so on. 
that's habit three. But it's a really powerful way to make deposits. Remember, now we're on the on that side of the balance sheet, if you will, we're making deposits into the emotional bank account. So habit three is often don't assume. Habit four is connect before you correct. Mm. And that really is about showing value to people in ways that are really meaningful and, and really connecting with them like that. If you, if you don't have a connection with people, often you don't have the opportunity to correct them. You're not, you're not connecting just to correct, but if you did need to correct and you don't have a connection with them, you're wasting your time. You think of kids, you know, if, you, if, if they don't have, you, you almost have to have permission to speak into their ear. Otherwise, they will go to wherever they have that connection. Mm-hmm. There, there is a, um, there, if that happens to be social media, they'll go to their friends, wherever it happens to be. So you have to have that connection with people if you want to have, yes. yeah, if you, if you for the ability to correct. Um, there's an expression that we love, which simply says that people go where they feel welcomed, but they stay where they feel valued. Mm. If you want people, people in your lives who are important to you to stick around, you have to leave them feeling valued. And the problem most of us have is we, we tend to try and show value in the way that we want to feel valued. Yeah. And it, life doesn't work like that. Everybody has their own individual way of feeling valued. And what you need to do, our job is to find out what makes the people around us feel valued mm-hmm. and then do that. That's yeah. a huge way to make deposits into the emotional bank account and keep them on site. So connect before you correct. Habit number four. If you have uh, some scratchy relationships in your life, <laughs> if you <laughs> if you got some scratchy relationships, try try these four habits. Um, the habits of all successful relationships: be curious, not critical; be careful, not crushing; ask, don't assume; connect before you correct. Our remaining moments uh, with these brilliant authors, Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings. When we come forward on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Got four minutes left. Uh, four minutes left in conversation with Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings. Um, let me just ask a few quick questions in these four minutes. Um, you started this conversation, uh, Andrea. I think it was you who made the comment uh, about uh, being uh, on purpose, uh, doing these things on purpose. Um, talk to me about uh, how these things can only be successful, I would assume, if we are being intentional, if we're doing these things on purpose. A hundred percent. I love that word intentional, Tavis, because that's the word that we use all the time. The, the four habits are very intuitive. It's easy to hear it and think, okay, got it. But the difference is in the moment that matter, changing our behavior from habits that damage relationships to habits that strengthen relationships. And unless you've learned them and you've been practicing them and applying them and being intentional about doing relationships well, the habits will not be our automatic default in the middle of a conflict or when you're faced with difference or when you're having conversations over big issues that can can make or break relationships like money or parenting and so on. Intentional is the word. I I love the example you had. You were talking just now about breaking news. I think the Washington, I forget the name of the football team you were talking about. The Commanders, the Commanders, the Commanders. Commanders, there you go. The, the, that 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 uh, that quarterback in there. We we only know a little bit about American football from this side of the world. We, we have rugby on this side. <laughs> yes. But anyway, that that quarterback didn't get where they are without developing some real habits. Just being out there and practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing, kicking that ball, throwing that ball, time after time after time. Knowing what to do is one thing. Doing it and actually building the habit, building the muscle of doing it is a completely different thing. Especially under pressure. Especially, oh, when, when the whole world's watching you, it's the Super Bowl, you've got you know, millions and millions of people watching you, you're under pressure. To perform, is, it, takes, it takes something. You've got, it's got to be, you've got to build a habit first for it to yeah. be able to come out. 
what we do with the four habits is help people build that muscle and go deep. And that's what we, we talk about on our, our, we have some resources on the website that can help people do that. We have, um, the, well, there's a book that you've spoken about very kindly. That will help you go deep. We have um, the online, uh, online training program to help people go through that. We have a group mentoring program coming up where we take people through in smaller groups. We're, we're trying to get people to go deep because we think, yeah, no, hearing the habits uh, superficially is interesting. Yes. <laughs> but you actually have to make develop muscle. You've got to, build, you've got to go to the gym here. And yeah. this is Health Help Day. Go to the gym, start lifting some weights, develop the muscle that's going to help you be intentional about improving your relationship. In yeah, it's about personal, taking personal responsibility for how you show up, having better quality conversations, yeah. and getting better outcomes. Let me do two things in 60 seconds. First, Jonathan, give me the website. You mentioned it, but uh, you teed it up, but mention the website, uh, please. Thank you. So it's the4habits.com. So T H E, number four, habits with an S on the end, dot com. Uh, that's the website. Okay, and then finally, in 45 seconds, um, I'm just curious, uh, Jonathan, you were so so uh, so honest and so transparent about it. What did you learn from repairing that scratchy relationship with your son? What were your takeaways? Uh, takeaways from that is you've got to choose your battles. Think about the big picture, I'd say, on that one. What, what are you trying to achieve from this relationship? It's important to you. What do you want out of it? Where are you going to have to compromise? What are you going to have to do on purpose to give you the end result? Because if you, if you don't work, if you're not intentional about it, you're going to just get what comes. <laughs> you can work towards the result that you want by being on purpose and doing the right thing. They're and we- they also apply ground rules, uh, which is something you can check out in the book. But it's about what you'll agree, the line you will not cross no matter how angry you get. There you go. I love it. Uh, the website, once again, is the, the number four, habits.com. The4habits.com. The book is called The Four Habits of All Successful Relationships, Improving Your Relationships at Home, at Work, and in Life. And the authors of that text and the uh, the creators behind the website and their entire company uh, are Dr. Andrea and Jonathan Taylor Cummings, who I am delighted uh, to have joined us live today from London. I haven't been to London in a couple of years because of the pandemic. I got to get back to hang out. And when I get to London again, I'll look you up when I get back across the pond, as they say. Look forward look to that. Tavis. It's been fantastic. Thanks for having us. My great delight. Hour three of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 50.